You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 713 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. On this week's USDF episode, we chat with Kate Fleming-Kuhn about the reworked instructor certification program. Then we have a really informative talk with Cassandra Hummert-Johnson about the discussions held at the FEI Forum in Switzerland. And to finish off the episode, Reese and I will talk about how we became instructors. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you this week? Hi, Reese. Um, I have some exciting news. Yeah. Tell me. Christoph Hess is coming Stop to it. our area up yes. here in Canada. <gasps> are and, you riding? Uh, and I'm and I'm riding. I was selected ah. to ride, so I, you know, I submitted the little video and. Oh, he's wonderful. With a ton of confidence. Oh. But this is it's a it's a really nice horse. He just needs um, some more miles. He just needs to get out there and uh, and, and do things like and, that and do the things, you know. So I thought Christoph Hess would be a great instructor for us to work with and for to get the horse out and to be in a show like environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So awesome. congratulations! Oh, that'll be so fun. He's. <laughs> He's I wonderful. Just say, I just want to stay on and stay in the ring. That that's our two true prerequisites. Yes, that yeah. would be ideal. Yeah. This one yeah, is known be... to uh, to get. He just he's just not confident, and so he just gets right. scared and he runs away. So <laughs> yeah. don't want to get he run away with. Don't run away. Don't run away in in the forum. But that's so exciting. We all think of the yeah. positives and not the negatives, <laughs> or what could yeah. be negatives. That is exciting. He is wonderful. He's he's really one of the most wonderful masters that are still here with us. And and that is exciting. I don't have that good. I don't, my news isn't that exciting. Um, we did have an American win Land Rover. Right. So right. I saw that. that pop up on the feed. Yeah. Congratulations to Tammy Smith. That was exciting. I was able to go on Thursday and do a little shopping. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but my best friend actually got married this weekend. So I was doing a lot of, a lot of personal things and, um, uh, and, and events with her and, and it was lots of fun. And, um, so I didn't get to go, uh, but I, well, it's I, wedding season. It's wedding season. So it was really <laughs> exciting. Um, you know, I was her matron of honor and uh, so we had lots of fun events. So I missed kind of all the all the Land Rover events, but it was worth it. So it's very exciting. So shout Coming out to up Brooklyn this Chris. weekend, Kentucky yeah. Derby. I know, I know. I don't know if anybody has their picks. I also haven't looked at the Derby. I haven't, but I haven't looked at it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't either. But I think the weather's supposed to be pretty good. And, um, you know, if you ever get a chance to go to the Derby, Phil has come with um, my husband and I, Travis. And um, my Travis is from Louisville. So it's fun to go back there. We haven't been in a couple of years. Uh, but it, this is such a fun week in our state. Like everyone is so busy and there's a lot going on. And um, it's it's definitely our two weeks to shine, um, which is really fun. It's ironic that it's actually during like the most up and down weather one could have. So, you know, it's like, oh, but 
Yeah. Right now it's yeah. so stunningly spring and fall, beautiful. You, you, you don't want to plan mm-hmm. any, anything for the, no. <laughs> for the summer, which can be quite humid and, uh, yeah. you know, and hot. Yeah. You, yeah. You don't want the, you don't want, you don't want your bride to be sweating in her wedding. Dress. No, no, that's not good. We were, we were definitely not sweating. I can tell you that it was cold, <laughs> um, but, um, a super, super fun couple weeks here in Kentucky. So I hope if you're having a derby party, enjoy, enjoy mint, mint julep on us, uh, from Kentucky for sure. So, uh, it's always, always great times, but we have a really good show for, for everybody tonight. It's our USDF episode. And uh, I think we've got some great information. So we hope you enjoy. This nutrition minute is brought to you by Kentucky performance products, the company that simplifies your search for research proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay and some get a few handfuls of grain a day. And most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org your online destination for dressage. Well, for this month's USDF episode, we are so happy to have faculty member of the new Instructor Trainer Development Program, Kate Fleming-Kuhn. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, we are thrilled. This is so exciting to have this new program. It's been in the works a while, so I think all of us are thrilled to kind of hear what's going on, but I have known you. You and I, I, were we on the same Young Rider team? Or my sister? I think it yeah. was actually maybe with both of you. Yes, um, that's how long Kate and I have known each other. Let's not talk day three. 
<laughs> so we're, I'm so excited to have her on here. She is also a USDF certified instructor. She has had many, many riders in the regional championships along with her husband. And so Kate, tell us also a little bit about more about yourself before we get into what you're doing for USDF. Martin and I, my husband, Martin Kuhn, um, and I run an active um, training program for um, developing horses, but also developing riders. And we have a real passion for sharing our knowledge and educating both. Yeah. And you guys literally have a kids program all the way up to Grand Prix, right? You do all the levels. We do. We have a total of five instructors right now that that are operating out of Star West. We run an active school horse program that is accessing and offers beginner program to, to both adults and kids that have um, never ridden a horse and certainly never heard of dressage. So it's busy atmosphere yes. um, just of education. I love it. So that what, is where, where are you guys based out of? We are located in New Berlin, Illinois. Fantastic. Well, Kate, so tell us, you've been a certified instructor for a long time and you became part of the faculty. So tell us a little bit about this new, this was the instructor certification program, but it's been kind of, it's, it's being rebranded. It's been completely revamped and it's now called the instructor trainer development program. So tell us a little bit about, because we know you just had your first workshop with Sarah Geeky. Tell us a little bit about kind of the program and and what's going on over there. There are a lot of really exciting changes that have taken place. And the big thing is, is that we are looking to broaden the offering of education to a larger group. That if you're not, you may be an amateur rider, junior, young rider, looking to learn more about training, teaching, lunging, we are offering programs that are designed to to cover a much broader base than than simply professionals who are looking to go through the process to become certified. Uh, so that's that is really the significant change that has taken place. In in addition, there are many online education resources that are available through um, the USDF website and specifically USDF University. There still is the instructor certification program in the sense that we we do offer professional development is what it's now called. And that is really the pathway for professionals who are looking to become certified like you and I went through, Reese. It's right. still very similar in that what we went through um, all those years ago. Again, we yeah. don't have to get too... too uh, exactly <laughs> yeah. how long ago that was. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, but... So we this still are offering been, that. Which is great because this one of the big feedbacks coming through all the certified instructors um, were people that weren't ready to take the exam. So that there was a big um, kind of misconception in a way that if you went to those workshops, you were going to be kind of um, educated to become a trainer. And that was actually not the case. It was, you went there to be certified. So, so if you weren't sort of ready to go and, you know, you would learn the format and then be able to test. There really wasn't anything to sort of help people get better. And there wasn't, you know, it was an evaluation more than it was learning to become a better instructor. So that was a lot of feedback that USDF got 
And so they were thrilled. This that that this is this program. Tell us a little bit about it, Kate. When when you come and you want to go and you're like, okay, I really want to go to this program. How does that work? The the dressage development seminars, the the first day is sort of geared in a sense like the format of the L program. So the first day is a larger group, it's a general audience, and we're using demonstration riders so that information can be passed along to a much broader, again, a broader base. And you're not on the spot for what you know, you are there to be supplied information. The second day, which is an optional second day of these seminars, is more the format of the workshops that we went through, where it's a smaller group, it is more individualized, we are um, looking more for what a participant, what knowledge they have in on that second day. That, yeah. that sort of makes some sense. Um, I'm just trying to figure out who would tell me if I was ready to, you know, move forward with the with the testing. That's a separate situation, or, or um, you know, where, where does a, the evaluation that, occur? Yeah, on the on the second day when you're in that smaller group, we we do fill out the faculty does fill out a form with you know the information what what you what you did well, what could be better, and so looking to give you feedback that you can then take forward with you to improve upon and 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 also what went well. Fantastic. So this one is kind of more, it's not the general audience. This is more, it's a little bit more one-on-one to say, okay, you're ready to go, you're ready to go, or you need to work on these things before you go forward to the testing, right? It's, it's more of a, a, a friendly evaluation type situation. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay. And so, okay, you've gone through this process. Your GMO has hosted or would like to host one of these. Then what happens next after this workshop? The next step would be if if that if you are looking to become certified, which not everybody that participates is going to move forward in that direction, the next step would be the professional development seminar. Great. And that is a little bit, yeah, that is a little bit more like in the if if you want to think of it this way, what the what the pre-certification used to be. So that's running through like a mock, more like a mock testing situation. Right. Because Philip is also certified in Canada, and I think their system's a little bit different. But in America, you have to really know the system. And Phil, I don't actually know exactly how your tests are set up, but yeah, ours, ours, have a ours works a little bit in a, um, it's more of kind of a mentorship program in Canada. So um, you have to, it, it works better if you have a, a mentor. So who's going to kind of hold your hand through the steps so you can have your coach that's you know a coach is not a mentor it's somebody who is already certified has been through it and who understands you know our system and and that was really helpful for me um jill steadman was my mentor through the uh program process yeah yeah through the through the process so there was a bit of hand holding and and uh you know there's a there's a um, some courses that you uh, have to do that are mandatory. The mentorship. This is something that we we're um, the faculty within USDF is actively discussing, and and the need the need for it for for us as well to 
um, help guide people, just as you're referring to, to help guide people through the process. So I think that this is something that is actively being discussed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. So, because that is one of the hard things. I mean, uh, being someone I've never tested well in any part of my life. So it is difficult. And I think that's being looked at as well as, you know, understanding, you know, there has to be some level of testing to, to show what you know, but it is scary if you don't know the process and you're not prepared for the process. Once I sort of knew the process, it helped my anxiety a lot. And so that I could actually use my words. <laughs> there are a few times I was like, I can't get words out. And I think they're really just, looking just at like that. just like recording this show. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly right. But there's no edit or there's no edit button, <laughs> Phil. In, in, edit. In, yeah, in real life. Yeah. In real life. But uh, but yeah, so Kate, I think that that's great. Is there anything else, um, kind of what should people be looking for if you're interested in the program? You know, where do where does this go from here? Because um, it's not been incredibly well publicized and that's what we're trying to kind of break through the barrier even with this interview. Yes, and, and, and part of that is because th- th- these changes are really just beginning to become active and things have been within the program, we have taken a bit of a pause in terms of scheduling, um, advertising, and so on, because we've been wanting to make sure we, we have all of our ducks in a row before we really say, okay, now we're, now we're ready to, yeah, now we're going, so to speak. Now we're going. Um, but the, <laughs> the website is absolutely, USDF's website is absolutely the number one resource for information and for what's the most current information that's going on with the program and the calendar, what's been scheduled. Um, but I'm hoping that we're going to see many opportunities popping up around the United States now that the first one has has um, gone off. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. How did the first one go? It went great. Um, it was very well received. We were hosted um, by Lori Barrett in um, Park City, Utah. And we had just a ton of enthusiasm from uh, the group of people that came on that first day. So that larger group, I'm going to say we had around 30 to 40 people that came to audit and just a really enthusiastic group wanting to learn and and to gather the information that, that we were there to present. Awesome. Well, that is such that great news. Good. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh... You know, nobody gets hurt by extra education, right? Absolutely. And I think that's something that I'm really happy to see the changes that are occurring within this program. There is so much good information that is available that has been accumulated over the years, in a sense, by, um, by the faculty and the people that have been involved in this program, that to have that being able to be offered to a larger group of participants, I think is, is really good. Oh, it's phenomenal. I think we're all students, right? At the end of the day, and we're all teachers on this call, we're all instructors. So finding different ways to say things or different way that people deal with different situations, it's, it's a really, you kind of come back and, and I always say you refill your pot a little bit, you know, when you're an instructor, you're always giving information. So it's nice to have resources now where you can go and get information. That's really, really helpful. Um, and, and get better at our job. And I think there are, there are not, not so many opportunities, at least in the United States 
that are particularly opportunities to learn how to systematically teach better. And um, we have a lot of opportunities for how to ride better, but how to Mm -hmm. systematically teach better. And that personally, when I went through the program, personally, I really felt I came out a much stronger instructor having gone through that program, which is really what what it's all about is, as you said, refilling your pot, gaining new tools, um, and and just to continue to improve, whether that's as an instructor, as a rider, lunging for sure. I think that that's an area where oh, yeah. many people could could Huge. be a lot better. Yeah. Huge. I think lunging, if anything, of all the groups, that's that's the thing I I give every one of my students how to that that you know program because that was so helpful for me, and I think it's really one of the places that people lack the most. You know, when you go see someone lunge, you're like, oh, my God. It's um, also, so think, yeah, a little bit the most dangerous part oh, yeah. of, you know, the, everything that we do. I mean, okay, yes, getting on the horse and, and riding around. I mean, that that's somewhat dangerous. But lunging is, is very dangerous if you mm-hmm. if you aren't doing things right for the rider and the horse. Absolutely. You know? So right. it's not just spinning the horse around on a big, long line and, and hoping for the best, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody needs to be taught how to lunge safely. Right, right, for sure, for sure. Well, fantastic. Well, Kate, anything else you want to give our audience about the program or, or things that are going to continue to come out when it when it is fully active? I think just continue to look to the USDF website for updates and kind of what's currently happening. And um, other, other than that, just a lot of excitement about getting getting this information out there. Well, congratulations. I know you and the other faculty members did a ton of work on this. This was this was a really big revamp and uh, congratulations. And how can our listeners find you online and find more about your your program? Because it's a great program. We are on Facebook, uh, Star West and Star West Academy. And then we also have a website, starwestonline.net. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Cassandra Hummer Johnson on the program. She is a dear friend of mine and she's been on the show a lot. But Cassie, you just went to the FEI Sport Forum in Lausanne, Switzerland, and you are now an FEI steward. So, hi, welcome to the show, and we can't wait to hear about your adventure. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. So, Cassie, you went on this journey, which is an amazing journey, to become a steward and a technical delegate. Can you kind of tell us where you are in this process? Because it's it's complicated. I can't even keep track of you. At the moment, I am an FEI level one steward for show jumping. And I will be attending a promotion course in July of this year in Belgium to be promoted to a level two steward for show jumping. So that's sort of where I am in the process, but I'm also pursuing other things on the side through both the USCF and the FEI. Right. And still active riding. Um, you haven't given up your riding. You're just, you, you're also doing this career, which is amazing because we need more TDs and stewards. It's, it's really uh, an important part of the industry that, you know, doesn't get enough 
kind of uh, attention, but also younger people going into it. So I know they're thrilled to have you. So tell us, you just went to this FEI sport forum. This is amazing. You literally texted me and said you were in Switzerland. I was like, what? Huh? I just saw you. Um, <laughs> but tell us, tell us about this forum and, and why you decided to go, because it's pretty cool. Well, I really wanted to see the FEI headquarters. I felt like I'm part of this organization. I have taken these steps to be a professional in this industry in the FEI, which as a high performance rider, that is our governing body. So I you know, wanted to meet these people and see what it's like over in Europe. And the FEI Sports Forum is held every year in Lausanne, Switzerland at not at the FEI headquarters, but in Lausanne, which is where the FEI headquarters is. And it's open to all FEI stakeholders. And every year they have a different agenda and different speakers and panelists. And they post that um, agenda prior to the forum. So you can have a look and see if it's something that's up your alley. And yeah, I felt like this is a great time to go. I feel like I've had good experience under my belt. I understand more about the structure of the FEI and why not go and network and see if I can learn something about the sport that I am very heavily involved in. So I think, uh, you know, what, what you said was that you're on the show jumping steward track. So what helped you make that decision? I think that that decision is one of the craziest things I've done and would not have guessed that this is what I was doing. I have been pursuing the show jumping for a couple of reasons. I started by pursuing the dressage track in America through the National Federation to become a technical delegate. And all of these tracks to become an official or a judge, as we all know, have different sets of requirements. And I am on this official track. So the TD program has its own requirements that I am working on. But to become an FEI steward for the dressage, you have to take a course, an FEI course, and then you have to become a TD before you can become a level two steward. So it has its own process. In the show jumping, you can take the course and then you can become a level two and a level three steward without becoming a national steward or without going through the national program. And I chose to go the show jumping route because of two reasons. Because there was a course, a level one course in America, which is very rare, and there was no dressage course anywhere, maybe at all, I can't remember. And because our FEI steward general in America, Dan Reed, he gave me a call and said, um, if you want to pursue the show jumping, I would love to help you apprentice. I'd love to help you get into this. We need young stewards. I will help you. And that's what got me into it. I said, okay. He said, I'll help you at this horse show. Let you know, know, if you can, and I said, yeah. you can approach Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I went and I think, what the beauty of it is, is as a competitor in the FEI, I understand a lot of the process already, you know, what the FEI is, the the security and the stabling, the process of the officials. I don't know about the fences or the boots that they wear, but I have learned 
that and continue to learn as the rules continue to change. And it's amazing how quickly I feel very comfortable in that space that really is not my home space. Right. But, you know, it's been an amazing process to do that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So what was Switzerland like? You, I mean, you, you went to, you went, tell us a little bit about kind of your journey over there. Cause this is pretty cool. Well, my journey was pretty nice. It was easy. Uh, I flew to Geneva on Delta and landed, you know, <laughs> right there, which was quite convenient. And, uh, I then went to Lausanne and stayed at a hotel that was, um, you know, chosen as uh, the hotel for the forum. So everyone was staying there, which is very nice to see everybody at breakfast and, and for drinks. And you know, just to have everyone in one place was really special. And the forum itself was over two days. It was two, about eight hour days at a um, business school that was within walking distance. And it, it's a beautiful location. It it's just beautiful. It's on the lake. Um, they have tulips everywhere. I could not get over the flowers that really mm-hmm. made my whole trip. And um, mm-hmm. it was an enjoyable experience. And I can go into talking a little bit about the structure and what we talked yeah. about, but that was the basic structure of uh, this, you know, my tr- travel and trip there itself. Great. So t- yeah, jump into the forum because it, it sounded very interesting yeah, well, this year. What, yeah. What's the, uh, what's the agenda of this? This is a, you talked about each year they have sort of a specific topic. So uh, we're interested yep. to hear all about what the, what's the focus this year. Sure. So there's been a lot going on. You know, we, we hear about it every day. There's, there's just all sorts of topics that are hot in the, you know, equestrian community across all disciplines, not just in the dressage and um, really, the sports forum focused on the, um, you know, as the industry as a whole. It was not necessarily discipline specific. There was a show jumping section and an endurance section, but otherwise, it was across the industry. So this year's agenda was about equine ethics and well-being. It was about technology. It was about Paris 2024 the cost of show jumping events, FEI key event requirements, and the FEI endurance rules revision. So those were the six topics that were covered over two days, so three topics a day. And we began with a very large discussion about social license to operate and about equine ethics and well-being, which is you know a, a big topic right now. It's a massive, about massive topic. It's a massive topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. huge, yeah. huge. Right. So, so sort of as an overview, social license to operate is the perception of both stakeholders and members of the public. It's the perception of ethics and welfare and the well-being of the horse, and we have concerns about this because horse welfare and horse safety have different meanings and different perceptions from different people. And we really have to work hard to make sure that we can operate these horse shows in the public space, which provides a lot of, a lot of funding to run them and make sure that everybody understands and not just understands, but um, that there is a general understanding of horse welfare and 
um, you know, credibility. And that's how the FEI approaches this topic is that the FEI says that in order to be successful in, in social license to operate, the FEI has to be a leader. They have to be trusted. They have to be transparent. They have to be proactive and they have to be accountable and that there is a balance and there is a balance that on two sides, on one side is social license, which gives you the freedom to operate. But then on the other side is called social control. And as soon as there's legislation, that takes away your freedom to operate. And we really have to use credibility and trust in the middle to keep that balance perfectly balanced so that we can continue to do these events in the public eye. And that's uh, a pretty important part, right? Right. Yeah, especially with Olympics, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. not, not too far ahead. And, uh, as a steward, you've got a real big responsibility to uh, to uphold the rules of our sport and and uphold the the equine welfare part of that. And that's exactly right. And when they did a survey, there's a large percentage of both the public and people that are stakeholders, meaning us, that believe that there could be improvements in horse welfare. And so the FEI has has created a task force for this. It's called the Equine Ethics and Wellbeing Commission. And it is their job to look at these issues and to create communication and to be the public relations in this area. And they've broken this down into six areas, which I do find interesting. So when we talk about what this commission is doing, they're focusing on these six areas, training and riding, tack and equipment recognizing physical and emotional stress, the other 23 hours of the day, not fit to compete or masking health problems, and accountability, enforcement, and knowledge. So obviously, I'm a little bit, you know, focused on tech and equipment and accountability. But think about the other 23 hours of the day. This commission is going to work to define what that 23 hours of the day is and then relay that to the public so that they feel comfortable knowing that 23 hours of the day, the horse has a good life. And that's, right. I think, challenging, you know? Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. more more and more uh, as uh, as our populations get urbanized, you know, more, more and more separation between the general population and the farm animal, right? So... For us dealing with sport horses, um, it's important that uh, people feel like they're they're you know our our partners and our competitors uh, that are being taken care of and appreciated, and they have access to all all of the medical expertise that they need, and that they have a good life. And we have to be yeah. able to define what a good life is. You know, we define it one way different industry defines another way. And I think that we all have to sort of come together, the public, us, stakeholders, everyone, and define what is a good life for a horse. What does that look like? And then how do we, you know, make people comfortable that these horses are are having that? We think that they're getting Cairo and massage and this and that, and, you know, $800 shoes. But to the public, (laughs) they want to see them grazing out in a field. So it's a it's a communication. It is a discussion that has to be had, and that discussion has to be had no matter what the opinions are. We have to keep discussing. You can't just say you don't know what you're talking about, slam the door. 
we want to keep doing this, we have to talk about it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. That makes total so sense. That was, that was a big, that was a, a you know, a, a key part of this sports forum. That was, that was a big part of the first day and um, just very interesting topics, but the FEI is doing it, you know, at least taking proactive steps to create this commission that is, you know, going to focus on these issues that is dedicated right. to these issues. We moved on to uh, technology. Uh, the FEI has 36 technological platforms that they use for all sorts of things. If you've ever, you know, been in the FEI, they have apps for the rules and for the vets and, and for the stewards, and they really are technology heavy. So at this forum, they introduced two things that um, were new. They introduced a upcoming uh, rollout of a equine influenza vaccination record that will be on an app so that the vet can see when the horse, if and when the horse has been vaccinated for EHV instead of using the passport, which will make it a faster and more secure process. That will be interesting, you know, to see that and right, how that right. works. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. I know the vets spend a lot of time, especially in the jumping when they have 350 horses sitting there validating these EHV vaccinations. And I'm sure it's, it's a it's a bear to do that. So this hopefully will be a positive. We'll be able thing, to do it. Yeah. yeah. Streamlined right. process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, for all of them. Exactly. And then um, the second piece of technology they introduced was the FEI TAC app, which is which is oh. out. It can be downloaded. It is a work in progress, but it it lists <laughs> photos and every piece of equipment that that gosh, you know, I think exists, but man, there's so much more that exists, but it tells you if it's legal for what sport in what division at what time. Um, it's a pretty wow. cool, it's a pretty cool app. It will get and better. That's FEI. And the stewards, that's right. FEI, Cassie, the FEI that's hack not, app. Yep. That's FEI. not a USCF. So if Correct. you're just so FEI. people aren't, yeah, aren't confused. If you're in yep. a CDI, that's the app you need. Some of them are different. Um, the TAC is different exactly. between the FEI and the USCF. Just, just so people know that. Exactly. That's exactly right. This is for the FEI only. But it is interesting because I think a lot of stewards and FEI stewards will uh, utilize it because you can submit photos. So if I'm in an event stewarding, uh, I can submit a photo of, of something that I've seen on a horse. And it will go to a review board and they will determine if it is legal or not. And then uh, it, it, we, I think in the future, that will then be added to this database. That's how it was implied during this. And that would be really cool because, yeah. you know, you, that's what you need. You need input from people to, in order to have it be um, comprehensive, you know. And in jumping, the tack is a little more elaborate, right, than than dressage. It's it, We're a little it's bit more different. boring in that end. Yeah. It's different. There's a lot of um, specialty equipment that is, you know, specialty made or handmade or custom made or whatever. Yeah. And so you don't just go somewhere and, um, you know, purchase, purchase it, it at a tax store. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Somebody made it, right, which doesn't no, happen. Correct. And correct. technical dressage, I don't think. A little bit different. A little mm -hmm. bit different, but um, mm -hmm. really cool. They have a good, you know, they have good, smart people working on these apps and they presented them really well and with a lot of excitement. So I think that they really, you know, have a lot of pride in being able to offer this technology to uh, people in the FEI. Cool. We enjoyed it. Very cool. Very cool. So I know that everybody is excited about Paris. 
I am excited about Paris. If you've seen the um, Palace of Versailles, which is where the event will be taking place, it is absolutely beautiful and um, historic. And that is where the dressage and show jumping will, and the um, eventing show jumping will take place and dressage. So we did a little talk about that. And I, my takeaways from Paris is that there is a lot of regulations surrounding that historic venue and they are working very hard to, you know, make this happen in a sustainable and respectful way. And I hope it all comes together in <laughs> the yeah. beautiful plans, beautiful plans. I hope well, it all comes together. It's got to start, right? <laughs> yep. Beautiful. So Cassie, what were kind of some takeaways that, or tips that you want to give everybody from this trip and from this forum? Sure. So I listened to a lot of very interesting people in the FEI speak that week. Um, I, I really came away from it feeling like I was part of something bigger. And that was my intention with coming into the FEI in the first place is I wanted to feel a part of something that was important in this industry. So there are a lot of topics that are important and you can't, you know, take them all away. But I have two quotes that I would like to um, finish with that were very meaningful to me. And the first one is that social license cannot be self-awarded, which I think that we have to really take this to heart and open our lines of discussion to the people around us about what we do and work hard to garner the trust and this relationship with the public and what Mm -hmm. we do with horses. I think that's important. And then the final thing I want to say that I took away from this forum is that the horse can't speak for itself, but the horse is the FEI's number one stakeholder. And I think that also goes with the previous statement. We are so blessed to be involved with these animals. I love what I do. I love being around horses. Um, I think we all do that are in this industry. And we have to take care of them. We have to look forward to the future. And we don't want this sport to die. We want it to be in the Olympics. We want it to be in the public eye. So we really have to work together um, to give the horse a voice and to ensure that the horse has a good life. And that is important to me and to all of us in the, in the sport. Awesome. I love it. Well, Cassie, how can our listeners find you online if they have any questions or want to know more about stewarding and the path that you're taking? I am on Instagram, uh, Lavendel Dressage, L-A-V-E-N-D-E-L, or LavendelDressage.com. And you can find all sorts of resources about stewarding for both the USCF and the FEI at FEI.org and USCF. So uh, I encourage anybody to take a look. Take a look around if you're interested in becoming an official. Yeah, it's very cool. Awesome. Well, we're so proud of you. Great job. <laughs> Thank you. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org.
Well, Reese, I was I was trying to think of you know some advice for anybody who's like thinking of becoming a, an instructor or a teacher or you know what, what were some thoughts that you had about that topic? Well, I think this is, is this is a really good topic because you and I are both instructors, and you know, kind of how did we make it there, right? I, I do get that question a lot, and um, you know, I do teach a lot. I teach now also at the university. I've been there almost ten years, and so I think at first, when when I first started becoming an instructor, you know, I was lucky enough to go through the certification process uh, when I uh, I was in grad school. So um, I was doing grad school, and then I also went through the instructor certification process. Not necessarily something I would recommend, um, but uh, it was good because I was I was kind of in sort of that studying professional development type part of my life. And I think going to the instructor certification was great. I was already teaching lessons. I think uh, my, by personality, I really enjoy teaching. While um, my sister, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying this, she, she likes it now more as a, you know, as an adult, uh, when we were younger, it wasn't as much of her cup of tea as it was for me. So, you know, I started, um, teaching a lot when I was in college and I taught actually a lot of eventers first, which was great. Cause it kind of gave me a lot of confidence and I'm sorry to most of my eventers. Cause I teach a lot of upper level eventers now, but when I was teaching the beginners, not as much, it's not as technical, right? It's novice in training. Eventing is like training first level. I also was very, very lucky to train with Conrad Schumacher. And I trained with Conrad since the time I was 14. And Conrad is an amazing instructor. I mean, he is really one of the masters in the world of, of coaching. And one of the reasons he is, is he coaches riders, not horses. And he always used to say that. He's like, my job is to coach you guys as riders and not, you're going to go through many horses in your career. I need to coach you. So what he did at that time was, um, and several professionals came out of this group, uh, he would make us come together and he would make us do uh, lectures, which was excellent. So one of the things that we had to do when we went to clinics with Conrad uh, or Herr Schumacher was we would get together three times or four times a year for three days. And we would go in and have theory sessions. And I was, I think, around that time, 16 to 18 And I had never been taught theory in like a classroom setting. It wasn't in the horses. He would make us go in there and learn theory, which we don't do enough. I I do think Pony Club does some of it. And depending on your your instructor, how much they do or, or not do. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to have somebody that's invested in teaching you theory and why you do things the way you do it. And so I credit a lot of my coaching to Mr. Schumacher, especially at that part and and when I was that age. So that also helped me get a lot more confidence when it came to coaching. And then I moved forward to the instructor certification and got the certification through fourth level. And I had that certification for about 15 years, I think. So a long time. And then I really felt like it was time to go back for the FEI certification to kind of go and heighten my skill, but also just that level of organization and and making sure that that truly I was doing a good job at, at my job. So I move forward. So all of this stuff, and and I think that would be as an instructor, and I, I did we did kind of talk about it, but it is expensive to become any any career. And this is our profession. You and my Phil, you and me, Philip, this is what we do for a living. So I feel like it's important to have certifications and to go through the programs. I'm thrilled they're redoing the USDF 
program that's been in the works a while to try to really make it so that everybody can participate. And it also will help. It'll be a little bit more of a streamlined approach to becoming an instructor. But you do, if you're interested, you really have to seek people out. And I think that's really important. You have to go, you have to find mentorship. I needed a mentor and I um, worked many years with Kathy Conley and rode with her and she was wonderful. I, I went to her and I said, I, I really need help with this certification. I need you to help me you know, with, with the exam. I need you to help me um, making sure that I know the in- information. So absolutely seek out mentors. I think it's going to be more part of the program now. But even if not, go to your nearest certified instructor and if you're interested and see what they do or, you know, there's a, there's a list on the USCF website of all, all of the certified instructors. And I know anyone would help you. Anyone on that list would help you um, become. Uh, yeah, I so mean, that, that was my journey, it, right? Is, yeah, it's just trying to create uh, a community of instructors. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, everyone who is, has already done it is will be fully invested in helping you to yes. be part of that community. I, I think that's uh, an important part of, of being being certified is also encouraging others to do it. So I think 100%. if hundred percent, yeah, if if you'd like to start down that path, just contact someone. You know, shoot right. an email and 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 or or talk Text to somebody at, at a horse show or or mm-hmm. whatever it, you know whatever. However you want to make contact, I think that's that's an important uh, first step, right? And, and then, Phil, can you tell us your journey to becoming an instructor? So um, I had a great teacher growing up, mm-hmm. but very, very, she was like very pony club way, mm-hmm. uh, which was also kind of the way my, my parents, but there wasn't a, a, a flourishing pony club uh, in my area, how it was. So mm-hmm. we were sort of isolated and, and whatever. And then uh, after high school, I sought out a working student position. Mm-hmm. I did that. And then um, Penny and Johan Rocks were very involved in in trying to make sure that I was going home, you know, in a successful way, like being prepared. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and part of that preparation was they tried to help me to learn and be motivated to teach lessons because i mean right. at the end of the day that that's how we we make money and um if yeah. anybody uh, you know knows me I, I i struggle with with talking you know and just you know being, i mean that's i think that's a um a common thing right it's just but they just made sure that i was confident enough that that i could go to the middle of the arena and and and, and give a lesson so then they were very fully you know very invested in like Helping me find words, and, and which I still struggle with. But uh, funny enough, everybody, he did fine. He has a podcast. He's done great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, but but I mean, it's 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 not so easy for me. Like, no, it's hard. Is, a, yeah. is a real, you know, like we always joke that she's never met a stranger. But I mean, she's, you know, I admire I admire her for her ability just to go up to anyone and just start a conversation and and, and all of that, and and for sure. I can do that now, I think, but yeah. Uh, yeah. at the time I was just really shy and, you know, um, horse people are that way because, well, I'm a horse person that is, you know, that enjoys the company of horses and not necessarily people because it's just you know, <laughs> shy and, 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 you know, struggle to, to be loud enough, you know, in, in, in those situations. And then, uh, 
So, so that's how I came up. And then through just practice, practice, practice. And, you know, I was teaching a lot uh, under supervision. So they're like, oh, you know, maybe this is a better way to say yeah. this or, you know, something like that. That that really helped is just get out there and, and do it and do it and do it, do it until you gain confidence. And, and then and then once you once you gain confidence, you find that, you know, the words and you know that, uh, y- you know, what you're talking about. And it's just it's it's tricky finding different ways to describe it to people so that they can gain confidence and have success on the back of a horse. I think that's the biggest thing that, that you can get from a teacher. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in Europe, their system is set up that the instructor or the who would be the mentor for the young instructor, they are also on the hook if you, if right. you don't pass, right? So it, it, it is a cell, that person, will, of course, doesn't want to have their learning student, learning or their learning student, they want them to pass. So it's a really interesting, it's a built-in police thing. I guess that's the best way to put it. Like it's built in that, that your instructor will help you. Um, the, yeah. They're, imbe- they're invested in you. Invested. To, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. They, they make sure that the people are really um, connected and invested and, and accountable. So that's why mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's a great, I mean, it, it should be the model everywhere. Yeah. But I think too, I mean, you and I, for sure, I mean, obviously we have this podcast, um, but, and we're very lucky because we get a lot of opportunities through this. One of the, one of the one, one of the many reasons we do it, right. Is we're able to uh, gain knowledge. Uh, we're able to go to events, but you really have to put effort into it as well. You cannot just sit at home and I mean, obviously the internet now and that kind of stuff, but it is important to know where the information is coming from is it, you know, there's a lot of information and, and is it vetted and is it good information, that kind of thing. So I, yeah, I think part of it is you got to put yourself out there. You've got to go, you've got to find a mentor that will help you in any of this. And, and, uh, if you're going to, to be a TD or a steward, or, you know, you're going to be a judge. I mean, all of this is really important. And I really do believe most people want to help and want to help you grow. And uh, if you find someone that doesn't want to help you grow, then maybe it's time to find someone else. Um, but there are plenty of people around and, and, you know, I know it's scary at some times to, to send an email or to connect, but truly that's the, the way you have to do it. And I think that that's phenomenal when you do. So, um, we hope this discussion helps you. Obviously the instructor trainer development program in the U S is, is getting, is redone to kind of help with this. Uh, but there still is, you've got to get out there and you've got to read and you've got to educate yourself. And, um, so I hope that this is all good information and that you will move forward in your journey to be a certified instructor, but also that's, that, that is the best thing for our industry as we move forward in all the different, different ways. Wouldn't you say, Phil? Absolutely. Well, we have a book club book going on. It is by Eric Smiley, the sport horse problem solver. And shout out to Jessie. She's a young professional in Pennsylvania. And she wrote us and said how much she really enjoys or is enjoying this book. So we're already getting great feedback and we hope everyone's going to love it. As always, keep those email and Facebook shout outs coming. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. 
Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. 